who has the largest selections of DVC resale listings and is the number one DVC reseller in the world? Who has 90% of their listings sell within 30 days with no upfront fees? Who has 95 years of combined Disney Vacation Club experience and has been selling DVC since 1993? Who has over $360 million in sales of DVC? The answer, my friends, is the same for every single question. It's DVC Resale Market. If you're in the market for buying Disney Vacation Club or have any questions about DVC, then look no further than DVC Resale Market. Nick, Kevin, and the whole team will do their very best to get you exactly what you need and answer any questions that you might have. Take a look at their website for some great information, their latest listings, or just some FAQs. We would like to thank DVC Resale Market for being part of our team, and now it's your turn. Let them be part of your team when buying DVC. Check them out at DVCResaleMarket.com. Monsters Inc. Laugh Floor. It's the Mickey Dudes Podcast. Here's your master of ceremonies, Wazowski. Hello, humans! Hello, humans, and welcome to another fantastic and exciting episode of the Mickey Dudes Podcast. I'm your host for the week, Chuck Fitzgerald, alongside three of our fantastic rotating Mickey Dude commentators, from Chicago, Illinois, Tim Schweska. The air doesn't hurt my face anymore. It must be spring. You know, that's a really valid point, uh, except it was 35 degrees here today. And I'm like, ooh, heat wave, 35. Sad. Got the Hawaiians. From Cincinnati, Ohio, Annie Clark. Chris, can you grab my black glass Paul? Odd, odd spacing on that one, Annie. <laughs> well, uh, I think the longer time goes on, the weirder I'm going to end up saying it. That's just kind of what happens. So stay tuned. Nice cliffhanger. Gonna awesome. I know how to keep them coming back. <laughs> See how we're going to say things this week on this <laughs> on the Mickey Dudes episode or this week's episode of the Mickey Dudes podcast. And. Our local from Orlando, Florida, Eddie Lucero. Eddie, how are you this evening? I'm doing great. Um, just surprised to be here. Surprise. Yeah. So just for clarification, <laughs> we did not kidnap him. <laughs> no, did not. I uh, I saw what the topic was. I'm like, hey, I could throw in some, some good stuff for this week. Yes, and with that being said, we're going to move into this week's episode. This week's episode is going to be a two- or three-parter because I'm not really good at counting. Um, Tonight's topic is going to be the 50th anniversary, with the 50th anniversary being just shy of seven months away, or six months, depending on when we release this. We're going to go over our expectations, what's going to be open, and what we hope to see from the 50th anniversary, which, you know, runs for 18 months, by the way. I've never had an anniversary last for 18 months. Normally, it's like a day type thing. Disney World's going all out this year for the 50th, 18 months from October 1st of 2021 all the way through the end of 2022. Or wait, no, that'd be April of 2022, right? Huh. Yeah, that's I don't know how to. Yeah, I don't know how to add or how the calendar works. Yeah, so no, calendar can't is help you. math. I mean, the Mayan calendar exists, and yeah, who knows? <laughs> Sound like you said the Mime calendar. <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely not the Mime. Those people are the Mimes. Those people? The Mimes are uh, terrible people. You can't call Mimes those people. I just now did. Now we're going to get canceled by the Mimes. If, if anyone, if anyone. If we're anyone not going to hear anything from the Mimes. mimes. It'll be okay. <laughs> Great. Thanks a lot, Chuck. They're out there screaming their hands off now. Way to go. And for the second half of our show, we're going to go no rules, no replacements, no quid pro quo. What extinct Disney attraction would you bring back from the dead? Now, when I say no rules, if you bring back something that has been replaced, 
you do not have to eliminate what replaced it. Disney's going to find all this open space. They're going to they have all this money. They keep upping the prices. They have the money to spend. They're going to spend it and they're not going to spend it on deconstructing anything for the uh, replacement. So does anyone have any questions about that? No. Thank you for answering. So we're going to start off this week's show with the 50th anniversary. And the biggest thing, in my opinion, that's going to be open for the 50th anniversary, and I do want to discuss this a little bit with you guys, is going to be Remy's Ratatouille Adventure. Uh, As everyone is aware that, well, maybe not everyone aware, I'm telling you now, so it's and I'm on the internet, so that definitely makes it true. Uh, (laughs) Remy's Ratatouille Adventure will be opening on October 1st of this year. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, Eddie, you can confirm and or deny this, but it is pretty close to opening. Like, they have the walls down around it. They have all that. They're just hiding it behind planners. Is that correct? Yeah, I'm actually really surprised they're not going to open it up this summer, but I guess we'll dive a little bit more into it as we go along today. Yeah, so I'm actually going to start with you, Eddie. What are your thoughts on Remy's one waiting until October to open, which is, like I said, is seven months away at this point? Yeah. And then... Two, what you hope to see from the attraction, even though we already know it's a copy-paste from Paris. Yeah, um, so I've been to Disneyland Paris, so I've already been on this attraction, at least um, the Paris version of it. But as far as what I'm expecting over at Epcot in the French Pavilion, um, it's already pretty much all open, except it's kind of walled, uh, not walled off, but they have like a section where you cannot proceed other than the restrooms as you first walk in. Um, I haven't really uh, taken many pictures or really look at the architecture so much because I'm kind of trying to block it out. That way I get fully immersed the first time I walk into it. And, and that's even with me going on the Skyliner. You could get an aerial view of it as well. But as far as the attraction itself, so the, when I went to Disneyland Paris, that was the first attraction I went on. I was so excited. I just ran basically straight to the back of the park to get on this attraction. One thing I'm kind of bummed about is that they will not have the Ratatouille, um, um, I think it was Gaston's restaurant. Uh, that's when you get to sit, you're like the size of a mouse. You get to sit on all kinds of just weird type of uh things that a mouse would find to make like a formal dining so i'm kind of bummed that that's not going to be there but i'm pretty excited about the ride itself because that was at the time the first ever uh trackless attraction i had been on and with the you basically like you're, you're strolling going through a movie which i thought was really cool and unfortunately i didn't go get to go on it more than once because it was we we're kind of pressed for time and we're trying to knock out both parks in disneyland paris in, in a five-hour time frame, which is almost impossible to do. Uh, so we had to leave out a lot of attractions. So pretty much we just went after the attractions that are not at, in the state side. And unfortunately, we were only able to go on each of them once. So I'm really excited that we could go ahead and get back on that one more time again and ride it over and over <laughs> once the 50th anniversary crowds die down and also when Co- uh, Disney decides to open up to 100% capacity, which honestly, being here in the parks, it already feels that we're at 100% capacity. I don't know. I'm not buying this whole 35% thing. You know, that's a really valid point. I've seen a lot of um, extended wait times, but I wonder if that is part of the social distancing um, that occurs with these long lines that we're, we're seeing reports of all over. It's also well, because there's a lot of things closed still. Okay. Well, don't, uh, don't they have to wipe the ride down every few cycles to do, or are they still doing that? They did that at Kings Island. I don't know if they do that at Disney. They, they do do that at Disney. And I feel like they do it every hour or so. But I mean, I feel like sure. stopping an Omnimover for a few minutes, even every hour probably makes a bigger impact than you would even think. Absolutely. Yeah. Hmm. I wonder that, if that's like why uh... I was just gonna say, like when you stop the the haunted mansion attraction and give it a quick wipe wipe down, it almost doubles the wait time at, at that moment. Yeah, because it's got to go through an entire cycle of mm-hmm. of um, of ride vehicles. And how do you know where you start? All the vehicles look the same. 
They yeah. just wipe it, continuously wipe it down <laughs> and hope for the best? I wonder if they put a sticker on the back of the, the Doom buggy. You think they look really, like, serious and angry the whole time they, like, they stay in character? <laughs> Until they <laughs> well, re- realize they forgot which one they started with? Just slowly traipsing down the walkway, wiping them. <laughs> I really hope they just put some cast member in it. Like, oh, there's Frank. That's where we started. <laughs> That'd be fun. Then he's got to go through it again. Um, so, Annie, what are your thoughts on Remy's Ratatouille adventure? Uh, um, I have mixed feelings about it. Like, I don't have hate for the ride itself or Remy. Like, I think the ride is fine. I don't, like, I in a vacuum, I would like it if I stuck it in Hollywood Studios. Maybe I would like it more. But, you know, I just have a bug up my butt about... IP in World Showcase. So the more IP you add to World Showcase, the less I'm going to like it. So I have a lot of trouble like being excited about it because of that. But it'll be a big crowd eater, which Epcot like desperately needs. So even when I'm not super excited about a ride, if it's going to eat crowds in a place I want them to be eaten, then I will be happy with it. So there's that. I'm sure they don't like it's got to be hard for them to try to decide when to open this ride. Like this is such like a weird time. Well, Len Testa of touringplans.com friend of the show, Len Testa. I mean, that's taken some pretty big liberties. He may not even know. he Um, has a uh, interesting theory about this that he tweeted on. on March 9th to universal Orlando. The tweet from Mr. Tessa reads, So, your leadership team is not delaying the ride to January 1st and tanking the resort's entire fiscal year just so they can show better year-over-year numbers in 2022 to inflate their bonuses. Because I hear that's a strategy in Orlando now. You crazy kids putting guest satisfaction first. (laughs) I forgot about that. So... I mean, now's as good a time as I need to get into it. Let us not forget, Disney's fiscal year starts on October 1st. So, by all rights and regards, and, and we have no insider information on this, this ride should be ready to open right now. I wonder if they'll start doing soft openings at all. I don't know, but Tim, what are your thoughts on Remy's, one, delaying, and two, the excitement and or buildup of the ride opening? Well, this is something I love. Pat Oswald. Uh, I love the subject on uh, on which Ratatouille is done. I, this is this is something I should be very jazzed up about. This is something I should be excited about, and I'm not because I feel like <clears throat> I I feel like one of the kids on the those little spoiled brats on the super sweet sixteen things where <laughs> they're expecting to get like the Mercedes for their birthday. And out rolls a Dodge Neon or something, uh, because most likely no Tron. Oh, it's not going to be a Tron. I, Gardens, Gardens of the Galaxy probably won't be ready. I, I feel like, I really feel like if you know if you're going to pull a 50th anniversary celebration out of your butt, you better stand up, Disney. Uh, I, I feel like they really have phoned it in on this. I mean, they keep on, oh, it's going to be a celebration. It's going to be a celebration. Okay, well, what are you doing? It's going to be a celebration. I mean, it, it, they almost sound like parents who forgot a kid's birthday. And they're trying to convince the kid. That, no, we will. No, we got it. And like, and, and mom's down down the street at Publix going, God, can you write Tim on a cake for me right now? I don't care what you have. Huh. That sounds kind of personal, Tim. No, no. No, I just... No, my parents were awesome and never forgot my birthday. My father would eventually forget it and tell me, but I mean... Uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> uh, I just, I, I honestly feel like this is, it's. I, I feel like whomever did this, this won't, this won't make much sense to others, and I apologize for that. But it, what it reminds me of is how Illinois phoned in the 200th birthday of Abraham Lincoln. Uh, it, my state did a such a horrible, half-hearted, lackluster job on celebrating one of the most celebrated figures in American history. And I feel like the same people who failed there inevitably failed upward, and now they're in charge of the 50th celebration of Walt Disney World. Uh, it just... 
I'm sorry. I mean, I, I realize you're talking about the ride, but I feel like it all ties in together. And no, don't apologize because you're 100% right. I, I feel I feel like they're trying to hold this back. It's, okay, well, look, it's October 1970. October, it's the 50th. Looky, it's Remy's Ratatouille. Yeah, but what about Tron and Guardians? But Remy! Yeah, but what about Tron and Guardians? Didn't we tell you about Remy? Now go to France and shut up. I mean... <laughs> well, they are also offering a new crepe place, I believe, over in that section. Well, my God. All is forgiven. <laughs> so, you're 100% right, Sam. Outstanding. No, Tim, I just, I, I really, I just, I, I just feel like this is, they, they really, they, they dropped the ball here. They completely dropped the ball, and I think it's much. I think it's a continuing representation of how Disney parks stateside are managed, as opposed to Disney parks overseas. I mean, you, all you have to do is just get online and take a look at what what's going on over in Asia in those parks and the quality of the experience, the guest experience over there, as opposed to the quality of the guest experience here. I mean, there's a reason why we're not looking at going back anytime soon. I mean, I hate to say that as a as a Disney lifer, but I, I I don't I don't even have the energy to want to go and stand in line and see the same things I've seen for the past four, five, six visits. I mean, congratulations on the nostalgia, folks. I mean, well, that's 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 why I have pictures. Yeah, you know what, Tim? I, and we're going to actually move on to that in in just a second. And Eddie being on the show this week will actually help us tremendously with that. But I do want to touch on a couple of things that you said. Um, Disney right now is paying the bills with nostalgia. All of us remember trips as kids. All of us remember those those family trips where everything was new and exciting. And, and you know, Main Street Electrical Parade was the show and the lights of Main Street and everything with that. And that's why we go back as of right now. But that nostalgia will run out at some point in time for those of us with kids um they're not going to have those same memories they're just going to remember waiting in really long lines all day and not having that personalized unique disney experience disney charges more money because it is disney but at what point does writing checks or cashing checks based on your name lose all credence and credibility. Um, I, I read Len Testa's tweet a little while ago, and I really think that is kind of where the Disney Corporation is right now. It's not the Disney parks and resorts as a entity in and of itself. It's the Disney Corporation. Disney right now is making business decisions, and as a business, I do understand it. But Disney's making business decisions that hurts its consumer base, and this is one of them delaying Remy for another six and a half months, seven months is unless if there's something tremendously wrong with the ride, which like I said, we don't know this is inexcusable. Um, there's not a reason to delay something six and a half months just to make your numbers look better year over year. And I mean, Len Testa is one of the Disney inside or excuse me. When I say Disney insiders, I use that term pretty loosely is a theme park insider, but in this case, I think he hit the nail right on the head because Disney is making business decisions and sacrificing guest experiences um, just to do that. And I really think that's a, uh, a tremendous cause for concern. What are your guys' thoughts on this? Uh, anyone who wants to go first. Well, <clears throat> I think it's been happening, excuse me, for a long time. I think it's just getting worse and worse, and eventually they're going to find out what the wall is on how much they can erode their own reputation that they've built up since, you know, what, whatever year, the 80s and 90s, that they've built up this reputation of having a high-quality product, the Disney difference. I mean, it's almost dead. People basically go to Disney out of, because you just go. I mean, that's... It's like, a right I have a kid. I'm going to go. Of course I'm going to go. So, like... Uh, that you know they can only ride on that stuff for so long they can only erode because you know even in the 90s the jokes was were about how expensive going to disney is it's not nothing new that it's expensive but you certainly used to get a lot more 
out of your, you know, a lot more value for your dollar. And instead of packing in experiences, they're just packing in, like, you know, everything's so calculated. I mean, it's, Here's it's, a cupcake. Yeah, it's so everything, <laughs> yeah. there's, it's not, it doesn't feel magical. It feels magical with, you know, a little TM after it or something, so. Yeah, uh, I, I fully agree with that. The, the but Disney I don't brand. think they can go on like this forever. That That is what I want to say, though, too, is that I, I don't, th- I think that they're going to keep pushing it and they're going to, but I don't think they can just push it forever. I think eventually it's going to hurt or someone's going to, like, something's going to give eventually. I don't know exactly what, but. Eddie, I'm going to come to you next um, because you are a local and you have a unique perspective on this. But, Tim, I, I mean, we, we you kind of actually kicked off this conversation. Is there anything you want to add to that? Well, I the one thing, and I, Annie, uh, I think Annie's exactly right, how they're going to find that wall because really coming back from our last trip, my wife and I were talking about it, and you're, we're t- we were really looking at it, and we ended up in Epcot um, – all four days, not 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 uh, making park reservations for four days, but we we ended up. We we started out one day, but we still ended up in Epcot all four days for Festival of the Arts, and we we had already paid our price for our tickets, but we were going into a theme park that we'd already paid over a hundred dollars a piece to get into, so we could go in and spend more money to eat. I I mean. That that was that was the highlight of the trip. That shouldn't be the highlight of the trip. I understand I'm a fan of food and everything, and I love, you know, I love culinary arts. I love cooking. I you know I love fusion. I love experimentation you know, with uh, with food. But that shouldn't be the highlight. There should be. I mean, like, yes, Rise of the Resistance is awesome. I love it. But I can ride it once and I'm done. That's it. I only get to ride that once. I don't get to go back and write it over and over and over. Uh, you know, it, there's only so many things you can write. There's only so many experiences that you can have. But I mean, I think Annie is dead right. Like how, how, you know, how much farther are you going to push people to say, oh, this is a magical experience until they realize, my God, I just paid a hundred and some dollars to write the people move. What was well, going on? They cut things out of that too. Like, they cut a lot of the, the stuff out of Batu that would want you to linger, that would want to make you linger in Batu in order to keep like crowds moving through it. It's not about like it's it feels like it's not about giving the guest a good experience so much as it is about like efficiency, <laughs> which is just weird. Oh, I mean, no. he wants to be like a, a, a cog in the wheel of Disney. Like you want to have a vacation yeah, I- and have fun. No, I, I completely agree. I feel like it's okay. Let's get you on smugglers. Let's get you on. Yeah, exactly. Now let's exactly. funnel you out. Go, go over, go over and wait forty-five minutes for you know alien swirling saucers or fifty-five minutes for Slinky Dog. I mean, which don't get me wrong. I mean, those rides are cute. I mean, those rides are cute. I mean, not alien swirling saucers, but uh, <laughs> I mean, come on, really? We're fifty-five minutes so I can ride. You know, Goofy's Barnstormer with Slinky Dog. I mean, it's they're they're really like they're really pushing their luck. They're pushing their luck, and I feel like a, a place that used to thrive on over two thirds of their business were returning customers. They're they're gonna. I think they're. I, I would love to see another study done on that because I think you're going to see a significant drop on that. If, if not already. So I, I disagree with you on that because I think right now a lot of people would consider themselves returning customers, even if it's a return from as a child. I think what you're going to start to see is five to ten years from now, that number dropped dramatically. That's it. Yeah, that, that does make a lot more sense because, I mean, again, like you said, you're, they're still riding high on the nostalgia, but again, how that's you're living on borrowed time, plain and simple. Yeah, nostalgia is only good for so long. Now, I, I'm going to turn, switch gears a little bit here, and, and I'm going to go to Eddie. Eddie, you are our local right now on the show. So what is it like being in the Disney bubble? And I'm using that in air quotes. It's really great for a podcast when I use visual props for an air quote. What is it like in the we Disney? We can hear them. Yeah. Yeah, you can hear the air, air quotes. 
Uh, so what is it like living in the Disney bubble? What is it like as a local? Because with the exception of Tim, I don't believe anyone other than you have been to the parks in the last 18 months. Um, yeah, um, I, I still... Okay. <laughs> as being a local, and uh, obviously I'm an annual pass holder as well, uh, we... APs in general, I guess, feel that we're being taken for granted and uh, because we don't have the bunch of to go visit the parks because the reservation system is pretty much horrible for us. Cause we only get a book three days at a time. And so because of that, we actually have to put a lot more thought into when we're going to go visit. Now, I'm speaking of this, obviously, as someone who lives about 30 minutes from the gate. So prior to COVID... I could just go show up whenever I wanted, any day of the week after work, go for a few hours and enjoy my time. But now that we have to put more time into it, uh, or thought into it, that, that's been taken away. But yet, I still have to pay for the same price, actually a little bit more, because tickets always go up to previous years. And I don't get the same experience, because all these places are, all, all these restaurants are closed, they took away our shows, they took away our night stuff. It's is that a point where now that my wife and me, like prior, we would go three, four times. Oh, sorry, that's takes a little bit excessive. About two to three times a week. Now we go maybe two times a month, and it's just because it's just it's horrible. Um, it's just super. I'm not sorry. When I say horrible, it's just that we don't get to do all the things we like to do in the past. Um, sometimes we would just like to pop a squat somewhere, just take a look at everybody, um, enjoying their time. And, and you don't see that. Uh, and, and it could be because they're either miserable with the masks and stuff or or like you guys, they're, they're just like, why do we pay so much money for things? They, like you guys say, that they're just relying on nostalgia and like, oh, my God, like, remember how great Disney was? I mean, I still have a good time and all, but it's it doesn't carry the same weight as it used to. If I didn't live here, I probably would just do a once a year vacation here, maybe at the most. And this is speaking of someone who used to live in Texas and I would come over like four or five times a year. So cutting back that much, that's like 80% is a huge amount. So I don't, I don't know. I'm not a big fan of them. Keep raising up prices on tickets and reducing hours and I mean, I'm I'm not gonna say I'm gonna ever stop buying annual pass because, I mean, we moved down here so we could go to Disney as often as we would like, so that's not gonna. I don't think there's anything they could really. Well, I can't say that. As of right now, I don't see any way we're gonna stop purchasing, and unfortunately, we're probably some of the people as to why Disney just keeps doing what they're doing. Yeah, you know what? And I was gonna ask this question, and you kind of already answered it, but it was going to be. What uh, if your situation was different, if your situation was like that of Tim, Annie or myself, where you don't live 30 minutes door to door? What is your current thought on how often you would go? OK, so say, say I live like in um, uh, like where Joe lives, I, I think he lives in Daytona or something like that. Yeah. So a little bit further away. Um you know, I'll put myself even further because um, I think two hours is still reasonable to do a day trip. Say I lived like four hours away, which obviously I would have to spend the night in order to make it worth it. I would probably come, yeah, uh, because it's just driving. I'd probably come just like two to three times a year, and, and that's just because of how. I mean, I'm an '80s kid, so I remember Disney from back then having all these great memories and and that's why i like to just come and and just be around like air quote the magic but yeah it just doesn't carry the same weight anymore if i had to hop on a plane like you guys dear god like like i said at the most once a year and again that's cutting back from four to five times a year as i normally would have done prior to moving to orlando okay um tim annie any thoughts No, 
But it, this does have me thinking about how much, uh, you know, social media really affects this issue as well with like everyone's touring because, uh, you know, obviously you should be able to get guidebooks and whatnot. But at this point, we all know we can look up the menu. We can look up like you can plan your like you can micromanage your trip to like an absolutely insane degree. So I feel like that kind of adds to it, too people kind of do it to themselves as far as trying to make their trip as efficient as possible it's not just disney forcing it on us i guess people do kind of do that these days more than just going like who goes and just enjoys their well see i disagree with you because it it, that is a product of disney forcing it on you you don't think that's partially because of the internet and because you can like you have access to all this information you can know every ride every map i mean it's so easy to just know all of it no i i really think disney gives the advantage to those who micromanage their trip down to the second i mean look at your adrs being 180 days in advance when it existed look at your fast passes well what i'm saying is like in 1995, if your family goes to Disney World, you only know about Disney World from, like, maybe a guidebook and, like, from what your friends were like, oh, yeah, we went on this cool space ride or whatever your friends said. But now, every person in the world can watch 20 million YouTube videos about Disney in five seconds if they want to. So it's like there's less mystery about it in general, even if they're, like, you can know every... Every hidden Mickey, you can look up every single tiny little detail before you even go if you want. Yeah, the Burn Bombs book was the um, cream of the crop. Now I would say it's touring plans. <laughs> but Tim, what are your thoughts? Um, I I definitely agree. I mean, really, because because of everything, the way it's scheduled, because of the way that, oh, now it's easier to make your magic, all this, you know, all the whatever line they want to feed you. Um, I, that's that's another thing that's taken me away from it, you know? My wife and I like to do spontaneous things sometimes. I mean, mm-hmm. we're, we are literally people who, once when we found ourselves on a free weekend, we flipped a coin between north and south, then we flipped a coin between east and west, then we flipped the coin between north and west, and we got on or we got on the highway and started driving west and found somewhere to go. There is no such thing as that sort of spontaneity in Walt Disney World. Uh, if, if you, oh, you know what? Let's, uh, I'm, I'm in the mood to grab a steak. Let's go over to La Cellier. Oh, I'm in the mood for sushi. Let's go to California Grill. I'm in the mood for. I, I'm sorry. When when there's more planning that goes into a five day vacation than D day landings, you're really taking a lot away from. I mean, I understand that's the way Disney is. I get it, you know, and, and I respect that. You know, if, if you're going to go, that's what you have to do, plain and simple. And you always have the freedom to not go. But the thing is, more and more people are choosing to go away from that because of that very thing. And that's that's exactly what we're what we're doing. I mean, there's there's we're we're starting to take a look at maps and realizing, my God, there's so many areas of the country we haven't explored. When inter- and when international travel opens back up, we want to, you know, there's there's things we want to explore outside of the United States, and you you can you can do that for the price, or mostly usually cheaper than a Disney vacation. So, and uh, also that means I get to take my very own car. I don't have to wait on the Tragical Express, which is also being cut. Yeah. Yep, going away. <clears throat> That's right. Take your train and haul your bags, peasant. It's not even like a COVID cut. It's just a cut cut. Yeah, that's just it a pure, me. hey, we can make more money. We don't have to pay for this. That irritate it irritates me so much because that's part of the whole reason I like to stay on property so my bags would magically appear in my stupid room. I literally okay? could care less about God. the bags. That was my favorite part of it, watching, well, I am, you know, getting on it and watching the cartoon and all that No, stuff. it's not even that. It's the pure convenience. It's, hey, I got to the airport. Everything else is taken care of. Yeah. Well, again, it's, it's something that was just nice for the guests. That it was, was like, a, a pure guest experience because yes. Disney was not charging for that. It was purely guest satisfaction that was done. And it, let me rephrase that. It wasn't purely guest satisfaction. It was entirely a business move because if you're in the bubble then you're trapped 
So your your food is coming from the park. It, it your entertainment like is coming from the park. They do not care anymore if you go to Universal. Like it used to seem like they cared if they wanted people to stay at Disney and not go to Universal, and now it seems like they don't really care if you go. Now there they're like, okay, go ahead, do it, <laughs> see what happens. Mickey's gonna be standing at the gate waiting for you. <laughs> they've pretty much they've pretty much removed all incentive to stay on grounds at this point. They really yeah, have. you have to pay to park. Well, okay, we haven't even, even talked about free. like the cost of the hotel rooms at Disney World for huh. Pop Century. That's where Mickey's waiting for you. <laughs> for the, the lowest of the low, you're looking 150 plus. Yeah, for a motel sex room. Uh, for what would be less than a motel sex room. Top century is garbage, and no one will ever change my mind. I disagree with that wholeheartedly. I just think it's overpriced. I love it. I absolutely love it. If it wasn't $170 a night, I'd stay there. But, Tim, you know what? Before we get down that road, Tim, have you stayed there since... $170 a night, that is garbage. That's my point. Okay, yes. I will agree with that. Have you stayed there since the Skyliner? Oh, no, no. The death buckets would make it very nice, I'm sure. Game changer. (laughs) Absolute game changer with the death buckets. (laughs) I love the Skyliner. I don't know why you're giving it a hard time. Uh, I got stuck up there once for 30 minutes. I just like to call it the death buckets. That's all. (laughs) No, I I have every right to give it a hard time because I was stuck up there for 30 plus minutes. Oh, my God. Oh, I forgot about them getting stuck all the time. I have yet to experience (laughs) that, and hopefully I never will. Like uh, you know, it wasn't terrible. It was not the end of the world. Like I, I am extremely ex- claustrophobic. <laughs> I couldn't handle that at all. I didn't expect anything. I'm just like, huh? We've been up here for half an hour. <laughs> I I don't even like to drive near a body of water because I don't like thinking about plunging into it. So Annie, like... um, let's talk about your driving. Are, are you okay, <laughs> Annie? Oh, God. Annie, are you okay? Are you okay? Are you okay, Ann? I, I let everyone know that this was going to happen. Oh, groan. Thank you for the groans. I appreciate it. Um, the death buckets aren't bad, but $170 a night for Pop Century is absurd. I, You know what? I, I traveled, past tense, for work um, a lot, and we used Marriott hotels. I'd absolutely stay at any of the Marriott's. Like, I'd find a residence in over um, Pop Century right now at, at this point in time. And they don't care. That's the weird thing about it to me is they don't seem to care. Like, it doesn't seem like they really care. Because they don't. I don't know why. They, because it doesn't matter, I guess? I don't know. Because we're all numbers. The magic hours are Gone. poopy now. They suck. Magic hours are dead. All right, yeah, so let's let's move on. Unless if anyone has anything <laughs> yeah. uh, else to say, no. Let's 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 go ahead and go to the attractions. We've we, we've def- we've definitely done our our fair share of uh, action. <laughs> so with with us just complaining, spending the last thirty five minutes complaining about Disney cashing checks with nostalgia, let's give it some more nostalgia, shall we? We're gonna go around the horn, and every person's going to talk about what historical attraction. When I say historical, I mean extinct. Oh, you know what? Before we get into this section, I do want to just briefly touch on the three things, the three elephants in the room that um, we didn't discuss whatsoever. That being Harmonious, Guardians of the Galaxy, and the Tron Light Cycle. Because Tron's a terrible movie anyways. But none of those have released it. Or the Space Restaurant. Or the Galactic Star Cruiser. We could do a whole another 50s. I completely forgot about the Space Restaurant. Yeah, all of that. <laughs> we could we could go on with that. But we can't say oh, that those are going to be 50th anniversary events. Because they're not being talked about. They're not. They're well, they're like, I mean, hey, let's... Well start calling it Space 2022. Because that's probably when it's going to be open, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I mean... That'd be a cooler name. That, well, it would be actually a cooler name. Uh, space 220 kind of gives me a 2000 Space Odyssey vibe, and I'm yeah, a little afraid. And, well, if they named it 2022, then they could like seamlessly morph it into like a nostalgia restaurant. They could keep it there forever. Yeah, yeah. Well, here's the issue. We don't have any dates for any of this stuff. All we know about Harmonious is that 
you're not going to notice it when they turn on the mist. That's because you're going to be soaked from all the water. Um, <laughs> Tron was sealed up last I knew. And Mission Breakout, they're kind of hoping people forget about. So we are aware that they exist. There's just no hard open dates or soft open dates or hard open general time frames or soft open general time frames for that matter. So we're not going to talk about them for the 50th. Uh, why? I mean, that's basically the Disney shareholders meeting is going to be nothing but... I mean, I, I honestly feel like... God, who's... Really, it's it's summer school. It's I, I'm sorry. I, I don't mean to come back to... Mike, God, this is... Good guy. I mean... The 50th anniversary sponsored by Dollar Tree? What in the hell is that? I will say, I did read, I'm pretty sure... Someone should have their ass fired over this. Sorry, go ahead. I'm I'm pretty sure Josh DeMario is a DeMario. I always put your name. DeMario, Josh DeMario. DeMario, okay. I was so close. I'm pretty sure I read that he said that that the some of the, like, entertainment that was canceled indefinitely is going to be back. Okay, that's great, but Josh DeMario is not the CEO. I know, but <laughs> I don't think he's speaking out of turn. If he says that, he probably means it. Mm. I'm just saying, it's not. I mean, it's um, that doesn't redeem the all of the things that we've talked about. And I'm certain they're not going to bring it back to our satisfaction. But it's like a little, little breadcrumb or something. Just eat it. Be eat happy with crumb. this entertainment that you Smile. used to enjoy. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna go. They we're gonna move on. Back, uh, or whatever. Yeah, no, they're they're gone. So is off kilter and and all of those. So we're gonna it's... move on, and we're gonna talk about the extinct attractions that we would like to see Disney bring back. Once again, there are no rules with this. There is no quid pro quo. You don't need to remove something to add something. Just what Disney nostalgia item, Disney nostalgia attraction, would you bring back? The only rule is firework shows. You cannot extend a fireworks show with a second fireworks show. You can't have Happily Ever After followed by Wishes. You can't have Illuminations followed by Illuminations. <laughs> um, so we're going to start with you, Eddie. Eddie, what extinct attraction would you bring back to Walt Disney World? All right. So are we going to go multiple times around or are we just going to do one shot? One and done. That's my one and done. Okay. Uh, you know what? I, I like this one too much. Um, I would not have gone with this one um, for one and done, but I, I, I kind of want to make a point here. So this this attraction is not exactly extinct. This variation of the attraction, it has been gone. So the Enchanted Tiki Room under new management. <laughs> That's the, um, I mean, the Tiki Room with Zazu yeah. and Yago taking over. And just putting a little spin on the classic attraction. Now, the reason I bring that one up is solely for this. I have been told for years and years as to why you cannot do overlays on classic attractions at the Magic Kingdom. Because Disney World is a vacation destination. It's not a park for, it's not a local park as Disneyland. The reason I'm bringing this up is this is that's complete BS because the way I see it, this attraction was an overlay with the Yagu and Zazu taking over. So why can't they give us every single year around Christmas time a Nightmare Before Christmas overlay on the Haunted Mansion at the Magic Kingdom? <laughs> I want that overlay over here every year, just like they do at Disneyland. I would always go to Disneyland for just for that attraction alone. And I... I'm really sad that it's not over here. Well, I think in this hypothetical, they'd be coexisting, right? There'd be, like, the overlay version and the Haunted Mansion right? classic would both exist. Um, right, Chuck? You know what? I uh, Yeah, but I'm bringing up the new management. That way I can... I, I have complaints that was provided. because <laughs> under new management was the absolute worst. <laughs> yes, it was. I'm not saying it was good. I'm just saying it's solely because I want... 
someone to explain to me as to why can't they put the Nightmare Before Christmas overlay on the Haunted Mansion attraction. I, I, I may be able to take a swing at that one. Because they did such a poor job with the last overlay of under new management, they literally had to start a fire. <laughs> I, 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 though, I think the real reason is they don't want it to be closed. I think at Disneyland, they don't care about it being closed for like three months in order to get the overlay together. But they don't want it to be out of commission at the so, at Disney World. So you're going to stick with Tiki Room under new management. <laughs> now, now you allow me to give with my actual... <laughs> <laughs> That's why I was excited about a hypothetical in which they could both exist. I don't think I they could both exist. That. You know what? I'm in charge. Whatever. Guest <laughs> satisfaction? Go ahead. Make people happy. So are you saying you let me do oh. another one? No, I, 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 under, I understand what Eddie's saying here because if they allowed that absolute blasphemous hot garbage to happen in one of Walt's beloved attractions... Uh-huh. They should allow the overlay. I I, I completely get what I, I agree. Saying. I agree. I mean, if, if you're if you're going to allow basically that, that to let the proverbial monkey throwing feces attraction that that was, <laughs> we can we can definitely throw in the great overlay of Nightmare Before Christmas because I, on my sole trip to Disneyland, I was lucky enough to ride that with the overlay. And even not being a Nightmare Before Christmas fan, I thoroughly enjoyed it. They did a fantastic job. So, yeah, Eddie, good call, man. Okay. Thank you. No, I, I support that. We're, we're going to have two, two Haunted Mansions, one Nightmare Before Christmas and one <laughs> real Haunted Mansion. But I'm not going to let you pick on your new management. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. All right. Annie, we're going to go to you next. What is your extinct Disney attraction that you're going to bring back? Um, well, I don't know. I was really tempted to um, somehow pick Superstar Limo and just pluck it out of California Adventure and throw it into Hollywood Studios or something. But I have a real answer that I would rather answer that that really that really means more to me than Superstar Limo. And that is a great freaking movie ride. I support I, this. I want it. I miss Absolutely. it. Like I, I get that runway railway is cool. I haven't been on it yet. I haven't really spoiled it much. But even so, like, like uh, uh, that's kind of much like Ratatouille. I have trouble getting excited about runway railway, even if it is really cool. Which I'm sure, I'm sure I'm gonna like it. But I'm gonna miss the bubbles and the alien and the cheetah and the wicked witch and. Uh, <laughs> Uh, and the montage, the montage, the montage get you all pumped about, like, yeah, the movies, and the weird, the 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 a cast member interaction that seemed like a you know relic of the past. I don't know that ride. If you, uh, I'm, I'm sad. So yes, my choice is great movie, right? I support that. It's it's what I would actually probably say if. My answer oh, was not on the board. It's making me sad to talk about it, but I can't. Well, let's not make any again. any set. Well, actually, Annie, are you okay? <laughs> no. Are, are you okay? I'm so not okay are about you okay? this, but I'm answering it. Are you okay, Annie? Anyways, Tim, <laughs> what are you bringing back? Uh, well, uh, I am bringing back something that. We're still feeling the effects from it today because there's just this gaping hole where they really have not been able to put much of anything there. And that is 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Never, ever, ever should have been removed. Bring back Captain Nemo. Let let these, you know, let the kids learn about classic Disney. Let kids learn about Walt's first ventures into live-action cinema. You know, I mean, it's not also not to mention, I mean, great, great visuals. It's, you know, it's, it's going to be no matter what, an e-ticket attraction. The kids are going to be excited about wanting to go on a submarine. The adults are going to want to relive, you know, their childhood. This is, this is something to me, putting, putting that back in would trump everything in new fantasy land. Because New Fantasyland, when they unveiled it, okay, there's some cool things there, but otherwise, I, 
I mean, the most stimulating part of it is going back and getting a nice cold, you know, apple cider Lafu's brew and walking past Be Our Guest and saying, <laughs> I'd eaten there. I uh, I actually disagree with Lafu's brew. Uh, Tim, Tim, I, I do disagree with the Lafu's brew. That is not the most exciting part. It's the cinnamon roll. I mean, dude, that... Oh, that's way too much bread for me, man. Well, you don't eat it all by yourself. <laughs> Share that thing. Dude, if I'm going to... Okay, I, I don't know what kind of place you come from, this whole sharing thing. I, mean, <laughs> I skipped that day at kindergarten. No, no, no I just... Anyone even, likes dude, even, even, sharing it, even, even sharing Even sharing it, man, that's just way, way too big. I'm just, I'm just not much on the cinnamon rolls there, not to mention... Uh, you know, even though my wife doesn't listen, I'll do a little kissing up. I, I love her cinnamon rolls the best anyway, so. Um, but it is, to me, I, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea was one of the first attractions I ever got to ride when I when I came to Walt Disney World my first visit in 1982. And, I, again, it's Captain Nemo, man. How do, you, how do you kick Captain Nemo out of there and then just sit on it? Well, what are we going to do with it? And, again, back to, uh uh I mean, also, I mean, a, a close runner-up. Bring back 1980s version Michael Eisner to fix what the hell's going on right now. Okay, that's not an attraction. That's a person. I disagree. Michael Eisner. <laughs> he, was a, he was an attraction. He was Great not an moments. audio animatronic. Great moments with Mr. Eisner. There we go. Okay. So... I think that you kind of hit something right on the head with your statement, Tim, about after it was gone, there was never anything close to replacing it. But I'm going to go to a different park. I'm going to go over to MGM Studios. And I'm not bringing back the totality of MGM... Well, it's Hollywood Studios now. I'm not bringing back the totality of MGM Studios. I'm bringing back the the backlot tour. Now, this wasn't my original answer. It was originally going to be um, Horizons because there was something about that thought of the future that always... Like, it, it isn't Tomorrowland where the future that never was but was always thought to be. This is the thought of what really still could be. And just because it's 1980s technology doesn't mean we still can't have that dream of the future. I mean, uh, Joe Rody is actually left the Walt Disney Company to head up the Virgin Galactic experience for their um, astronauts or crew members and potentially commercial space travel. So this is Horizons, but that's not my answer anymore. Because after it left, there was such a gaping hole that was never fixed. And even to this day, I stand by it. The loss of Backlot Tour is probably one of the biggest losses of the Walt Disney World uh, resort. So that's my answer. That's possibly an unpopular opinion. <laughs> How is that an unpopular well, opinion? I, you know, I, I, I think, uh, I think Chuck really does make a good point because again, this was Disney MGM, uh, Disney Hollywood Studios. It was the, it was the answer uh, to Universal. It was movie magic and. I mean, what you said, Annie, the great movie ride, and what yeah, I mean, I'd bring it back movie. as a package, but backlot specifically. Well, I, when I say backlot, I don't mean just the tram ride. I mean the entire experience. Okay, okay. Where you All walked right. through the animation building, where you walked through the sound stages, where you well, you didn't say through, that, did you, Chuck? Well, when I say the experience, <laughs> that's what I meant. I didn't mean because just I, ride. I wrote it last right before it closed when like you went through like a garment factory or whatever. all of <laughs> that like, you would still go costuming. through. No, you still go through that. You just go through all the other stuff. So I'm bringing back the original version of Backlot Tour. Right. I'm pretty sure. I'm just saying I'm that it was less cool in the the iteration I last experienced. They didn't even do the beginning uh-huh. part. It was weird. They did it with like no actors in it. <laughs> They're just like, all right, get on the get on the truck. Get, get so in the weird. truck. <laughs> get in the truck if you want to live. Like they sent off the effects, but it was raining, so they didn't have any people come down. 
So they just kind of like strange. acted it out themselves. It was very strange. Anyway. But also, let's go ahead and let's 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 go ahead and leave out the the whole thing of mentioning that you made Pearl Harbor. Quit being proud of Pearl Harbor, Disney. That movie was horrible. <laughs> just be proud of just be proud of the visual effects you had on it. But do not be proud of giving Michael Bay number one more work and <laughs> making Pearl Harbor. That movie was so inaccurate. I was waiting for the Americans to win the battle. <laughs> is uh, is Indiana Jones stuntacular still there? I can't remember. Uh, physically, it's, it's yes. still there, but they're not performing. But is it closed or they're just not right for during COVID? I'm sorry? It's closed or they're just not doing it during COVID? I think they're just not doing it during COVID. Okay. I just was thinking it's, about it. it. I couldn't remember if it was open or not. <laughs> we're, we're, we're back to... Eh, eh, eh. <laughs> yeah, because all the signage is still there and everything. And there, there's nothing blocking. I mean, at this point, Hollywood Studios is becoming the nostalgia park. How? Because they're changing everything in Epcot and Magic Kingdom to the point where, like... Indiana Jones and Tower of Terror and Aerosmith are going to be the like last things you can cling to. Besides <laughs> Spaceship freaking Earth. Uh, they're changing that. <laughs> well, that's it. Not... They would not have already been... All the way. Not adding IP to it. They would have already been very deep into that process had they not had COVID. Well, who, the animatronics? Uh, yes, yeah. No, <laughs> the shutdown from from COVID is... This, uh, what does this have to do with my point about Hollywood Studios? It's going to be the nostalgia park. It actually just furthers your point. I, I'm i not sure if it's a, just a, Indiana Jones and... I, I, I feel like there'd be more nostalgia left for Magic Kingdom, but I mean, I get what you're, I get what you're saying. Uh, I just... Uh, it's going to be the last place to have weird things that no one else likes but you. Weird non-IP based <laughs> things. Actually, yeah, that's a that's that's a really good point. Wow. <laughs> well, we can always bring back Sounds Dangerous with Drew Carey. Oh I mean, god, no. Oh my god, I would die. Bring back Millionaire. I'd rather have Millionaire back than the Bees with Drew Carey. Uh, just just do not bring back American Idol. Do not encourage more people to sing. Just don't. Watch it. We have, we already have. No, no. The fact that some of these shows exist really just, yeah, make me on the planet. Uh, All right. Uh, well, I, I think that'll just about wrap it up with uh, the American Idol experience. So, with that being in mind, I want everyone to select one song and sing it during your outro. Please don't do that. Dear God, don't do that. Um, actually, with that being said, we are going to wrap up this week's show. But before we wrap up this week's show, we're going to just go around the horn real quick and tell everyone where we can be found. So, Eddie, we'll start with you. Where could you be found on the interwebs? Alrighty, so I can be fine on the gram and Twitter at Eddie Darksaber. Annie, what about you? Then come shake your body, baby. Do that conga. Now you can't control yourself any longer. He's getting stronger. Now you can't control yourself. Do that conga beat. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at DJ Phobe. That's DJ P H O B. <laughs> that's what you said to do Chuck so that's what I did anyways Tim where could you Eddie, be found on the Miami train wreck that was really good you <laughs> <laughs> uh, did bongos everyone uh, oh god speaking of no text uh, the, you can find me a concrete answer, unlike the 50th anniversary, uh, you can find me at plain underscore I mean, uh, plain underscore Tim on Twitter. That's it. Nah, I'm still pretty <laughs> distracted by Miami Sound Machine. Uh, 
All right. Well, I, I can be found on the Twitter machine at Chuck in the Chat. You can find us all on Twitter and Facebook at the Mickey Dudes, and you can find us on Instagram or the Gram, as the kids say, at the Mickey Dudes Podcast. Thank you all for joining us this week. Let us know what you would bring back and what your thoughts are on the 50th anniversary, and we will read some of that feedback next week. Ish, probably not. We tend to forget to look at the emails. Um. But yes, thank you all for joining us again this week, and we will see you all next week. listen to another exciting episode at the mickey dudes podcast you can find the mickey dudes on facebook at the mickey dudes podcast and on twitter at the mickey dudes if you enjoyed our podcast please share the love on stitcher or itunes thank you for tuning in and we'll see you again real soon